Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close first with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say in every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? We have Brian Reardon with us today. He is a re-recording mixer, music mixer, and producer, musician, entrepreneur, and also founder and CEO of Levels Audio. He has won two Grammy Awards and four Emmys. Brian and his team at Levels Audio recently did all of the sound behind Peacock's new original series, True Story with Ed and Randall. The series is especially meaningful because he runs the nonprofit Hollywood Compassion Coalition, whose mission is to create positive change in the entertainment industry. And we're going to talk about all that and and a lot lot more. more. So welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Now, I like to start the show out kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, last 18, 20, 22 months have been rough for a lot of people, but especially in entertainment, because um, entertainment with COVID has really got wiped out for a while. So how did COVID affect what you do and what have you done to maneuver through it? Yeah, it, uh, COVID definitely impacted us. Uh, I, I, I will start by saying we were very blessed. Um We, a large part of our focus uh, with my sound facility is unscripted. So we do a lot of concerts. We do a lot of music, music related shows. We do a lot of documentaries, documentary features, um, reality shows. And fortunately, we had enough of that stuff in the hopper Mm -hmm. that that our big trick when COVID hit, uh, the big thing we had to do is figure out how to move everyone off site. You know, we have all these really high-end recording studios that that are really not only uh equipped with the right gear but they're also sonically built with the right soundproofing and attenuation and everything so figuring out how to pivot quickly and set that all up pretty much overnight (laughs) uh, that involved you know people with young toddlers setting up recording studios in their living room and the baby's supposed to be napping and other people (laughs) having to put it in their, in their garage where they don't have air conditioning and it was in the middle of summer. Uh, you know, so it was, there, there was a lot of different things going on. Um, but it was almost, uh, difficult, you know, I almost feel guilty even saying it, but we were busier than we've ever been when COVID. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of psychology involved in that because you've sort of got like, you know, Armageddon, right, where we all thought the world was coming to an end, and I'm expecting everyone to work, you know, harder and more hours than they've ever worked. So <laughs> uh, it was a tough dynamic, but we, uh, we've we got an incredible team, and we all got through it, and we were grateful to to have the work when it all kind of yeah. down. But then eventually we finished everything that had been shot. Hollywood was completely shut down. They couldn't shoot anything further. Uh, we were grateful to still have a lot of these bedroom concerts and these vaccine televised simulcast oh, yes. shows and, you know, a lot of these type of things that kept us at least somewhat working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like for us, we launched this show January of 2020. So a couple months before COVID. And I remember our original plan was maybe do a hundred interviews our first year. Thought if we could do that, be a great foundation and then COVID happens and I'm watching everything get shut down. I told Sandy, I was like, you know, we can't change this, but people right, like you are going to need a place to talk and we're going to give it to them. So we stepped it up and did everything we could. And we did over 300 interviews that first year and we're over 500 now because of that. 
That's amazing. Yeah. And thank so like God you, for, we, we, we were busier than ever. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for broadband connections and, uh, yeah. And, yeah. and video chats. Right. Yep. And, you know, I kind of think the future is, I mean, we've always had this technology, but I think the future is going to be, um, and I'm already starting to see some people play with this a little bit, but I think the future for concerts is going to be, you're going to be there. You're going to do your concert in person, like we always have, but you're going to set up your live stream for your audience around the world too. And I think this is going to be a way to combine both. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been going on, as you said, that's been, you know, that started ramping up before COVID, but this, this will be the accelerator for all of that, for sure. Yeah. Cause things like yeah. this StreamYard, they had to, they had to all of a sudden put a lot of StreamYard, Zoom, um, BeLive, all these yes, systems all had, to step had, to, had to put all kinds of money into, into mm -hmm. their platforms because everybody was flocking. Yeah, there's there, those those in the toilet paper companies are the the ones that uh, the only ones that really <laughs> benefited crazy. from COVID. That was the crazy. Yes, I mean, that, that uh, crazy. everything yeah. that happened through COVID. The toilet paper shortage. We're still yeah. like, huh? Yeah, I know. Random, but I mean, but yeah. but those companies were blessed. You know, it was, it was <laughs> we were true. lucky. Um, in our neighborhood, yes. we're kind of off. From the main road and there's a little and there's a little convenience store, store right by our house yeah they never ran out because most people live. had no idea they exist yeah. <laughs> perfect <laughs> so we would you know so we and we didn't do like most people we bought a roll here roll there like we needed you know i, yeah, I was like you know what? i don't want to play family. into that a responsible thing to do yeah and i was you. hoping that other people out here where we live were responsible too because i'd be upset if i was responsible and then they run out <laughs> yeah well i'll tell you here in los angeles there were it was just empty shells everywhere so yeah <laughs> You know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to be in the entertainment world? I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click for you that the entertainment could be a career move for you? Um, it clicked at a pretty young age, but I'll, it wasn't what I'm doing. Uh, you know, it didn't look like what I what I the vantage point that I sit at now. Um, you know, I wanted to play music for a living. I was mm -hmm. pretty. Oh, wow. I was one of those kids that knew 100% what I wanted to do. You weren't going to change my mind. That was what I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's a blessing and a curse. You know, I've, yeah. got, I've got three daughters and, and um, you know, uh, I'm prepared for none of them to know what they want to do halfway through college because that's just, you know, <laughs> that's sort of the norm. Um, yeah. I, you know. I was very headstrong. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I wasn't going to go to college unless I could study music. And, um, you know, so, so I wanted to play music for a living and I always was producing and engineering music on the side, either my own music. Uh, I was always into technology and all of that. Um, or I was doing it for, you know, I kind of built a home studio in college yeah. and, um, was always working with local artists or, or uh, other, you know, peers of mine in college. Yeah. So that was always sort of a side thing. And then when I moved to LA and realized, well, I might not be this famous rock star overnight. <laughs> I, thought, um, I figured out that I needed to quickly figure out a long-term plan. And since I already had that as a skill set, uh, at least somewhat, I granted, I, I didn't know much but i knew enough to to be able to fumble my way through it um mm -hmm. at least put my foot in the door and uh and then as time went on i realized wow i'm actually pretty good at this and and i don't hate it 
Uh, <laughs> hours are and you're still in the business. Yeah, and the hours were a lot better. You know, on the music side, you were going in, whether you were a musician or a or a producer engineer, you know, you're starting in the evening and working all night. Oh wow. Um, and I was one that never really wanted to live in hotels and out of suitcases and be on the road. <laughs> I, it wasn't, I would have done it, but that wasn't what I, what I naturally wanted to do. And I also didn't want to work every night and sleep all day. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so I found this beautiful niche of television and sound and music mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they segued really nicely. And, and um, uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I love that because again, you know, a lot of people, they say, I, this is what I want. That's like, you know, when, when, you know, years ago, before we married, my big thing was I wanted to be a motivational speaker. That was oh, it. Yes. I was going that to do that no matter what. Mm-hmm. And we got married and um, she, I listened to all these audios. Tw- I mean, I was one of those robot ones where I listen oh, to audios 24 seven. She listens to music. 24 oh, 7. Yeah. Well, there's a problem when we're in the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had to learn to compromise. And so I started listening to a lot of music and all that. And so she's always been passionate about music, always been passionate about speaking. Mm-hmm. And here it is, you know, almost 20 years later in, in a marriage that we found a way to combine. I still get to speak. It may not be <laughs> on the front the way I wanted it. Different that, platform. Different platform. I still get to speak. And she still gets her music and entertainment part. And we'd be, be able to build a brand right around that. Yeah. And you get to feed all of the different angles of it. You know, that's, that's what I love because I also love business and sales and, Mm -hmm. and uh, growing people's careers and, you know, but I need the creative outlet. I need the technical exercise, that technical side of the brain, you know, so it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to, to not ever be bored, you know, and to kind of pitches, you know. Yeah, I love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory behind entertainment, but they don't see the grind, the tears, the sacrifice, the struggles it takes to get anywhere in entertainment. I always want to talk about that side of it, um, because, again, without that, you'll never accomplish anything without the work ethic, you know. So talk about some of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to go through to build your company. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it looks way more glamorous than it is. <laughs> you, know, you, you nailed it because, uh, yeah, you know, but at the same time, it's also, you know, I mean, it's I wouldn't take I wouldn't I wouldn't give it up for anything. So, yeah. it's you know, you compare it to a much less stressful nine to five monotony kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, you know, you, there's goods and bads to all of it. Yeah. So, yeah, because uh, I couldn't do a nine to five again. I, you know, right. I, you know and like I say in a lot of shows, is, yeah, is, is I don't, if somebody wants to do a nine to five, that's great. If that's your passion, go for it, run. But I couldn't do a nine to five. Yeah, I couldn't either, but I certainly respect and, and uh, understand that, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. people live a much uh, less, more stress-free existence when they can yes, that is true. That is true. do their job, punch out, and leave the job behind. Um, yes. But getting back to you know, for for in in our industry, it, it's definitely uh, fueled by passion. It's fueled by passionate personalities. It's fueled by the you know, it's a trickle down from the mm-hmm. top where those people work a million hours a week. So they expect everyone else to work a million hours a week, you know, and it's just this, Mm -hmm. uh, because there's so much, you know, 
passion and fuel and sort of zeitgeist behind it all, um, it, it really is a train that that moves at a fast clip. You know, it yeah. just does. Mm-hmm. And it's either, you know, uh, join them or walk away. You know, there, there's yeah. no in between. Yeah. So, so work ethic and ability to work long hours and not complain and not sleep and sometimes <laughs> not eat. Uh, those are all requirements. Uh, they really are. And uh, it's not healthy. You know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying it's not. Um, but it's the norm. It is what's expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely in Los Angeles and New York and the television and film industries, I can speak to those two. Um, you know, uh, and there's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily always super well run, not yeah. really yeah. always well organized. Uh, there's often communication issues, and because things are always, you know, over scheduled, over budgeted, over you know, like everything's <laughs> running, uh, you know, past the the point, the you know, in the red. It's just yeah, it's yeah, by design. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've had to make a lot of sacrifices. You know, fortunately, I made a lot of them uh, in the first half of my career. And got mm-hmm. to a point where I had to step back and look at life work balance and go, yeah. I, I just, this isn't sustainable for me and my family, exactly. what, what yeah. my goals are, but I wouldn't be able to do that had I not made all the sacrifices that I did earlier That's on. That's true. So, that is so, true. Um, yeah. You know, working hard and um, finding ways to work more efficient and um, you know, all of that stuff is, is sort of a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. That's like I remember Will Smith. Somebody asked him about his hands in so many different things. Um, this was probably a ten years ago, five years ago. But I remember someone asked him about that, and he was trying to give advice about launching multiple things. And he says, "Look, um, <clears throat> the beginning of my career, I was laser focused. Um, I had to be laser focused." If he said, "If I was not so laser focused, where it was everything all in." He says, I wouldn't have gotten to the point where now I can have my hands in everything. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I completely relate. And by no means am I kicking back and uh, you know, floating <laughs> on a boat right now. Um, I've got my hands in a lot of things, but it's far more in my own control at this point, yeah. which, is, yeah. uh, which is a wonderful feeling, to be honest. Well, let's talk about one of your current things. Um, true story that you got your hands in. Yeah, it's a it's a fun show on Peacock with uh, Ed Helms and uh, Randall Parks and and uh, you know it's 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 really a lighthearted, fun, entertaining show that's very relatable, very diverse, um, and it's also has a lot of good humor in it. And uh, you know, it's just a it's a nice little treat to work on. It's certainly been fun. <clears throat> so when you look back on your career, let's talk about some of the wow moments. And let's start with. You know, did you ever imagine that you would win a Grammy or an Emmy? You know, um, early on, no. I didn't. <laughs> uh, well, I thought I would at a young age. I thought for in a sure different I way. Grammy as a you know, uh, uh, writing and performing music. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was that sort of you know pie and yeah. yeah. dream that that we all sort of chase. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the Emmys go. Uh, the first time I got nominated for an Emmy was certainly like, whole, you know, wow, I can't believe it. <laughs> um, 
but I think it was, I, I was giving Susan Lucci a run for her money. I, I think I had been nominated something like 12 times before I won. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it was a running joke where I was like, you know, uh, I'm just going to have a lot of nominations and never win one. And honestly, I've always been grateful for being. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know, I mean, I was never bitter that I didn't win, uh, but it almost became funny. Uh, and then when the first time I won, that was that was a very solidifying moment of of uh, awe and gratitude and and, uh, you know, and just hard work. Uh, yeah. Life accomplishment that felt really good to be, um, you know, appreciated by my peers that are doing what we do. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of people, you know, they say that, you know, awards don't matter and I get it. They don't, but at the same time, you know, when it happens, it's like one of those things where you're like, wow, you know, this is working. This is my life's dream that I'm building here. And other people see that. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's not something, uh, you know, some people really lean into having a lot of accolades and awards under their belt and some don't, uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, mm -hmm. I certainly, um, I don't lead with any of that stuff. You know what I mean? That's just something that, that was wonderful that it happened. Um, you know, I don't, it doesn't change necessarily the way we do business at yeah. all, yeah. um, but it's nice. It's again, it's, it's just a nice, just sort of pat on the back from your peers that are mm -hmm. all in this business together. Cause those are the ones voting. Yeah. <clears throat> so what are a few other wow moments for you that's happened in your career so far? Um, you know, the, the, the biggest wow moments are probably for me are probably some of the less, uh, glamorized ones, you know, or, 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 you know, ones that are probably less fun to talk about, but <laughs> for me, it's building the business, you know, I mean, that's, uh, I've had a lot of, you know, celebritying, you know, working with a lot of great, incredible musicians and huge actors and all of that. And most people would consider that the the big wow moments or yeah. winning the award. Yeah. For me, it really is, uh, to be totally honest, is is hiring amazing people and and growing their careers and yeah. and building this family situation where we're really tight and and we feel so strong as a collective body of humans you know like that yeah. that to me is my wow moment that i just i pinch myself all the time because the the people that work for, and not just the the employees of mine but the that extends all the way out to the clients that you know the you know that perfect lead-in you know that's perfect lead-in to where i was about to go is i'm out you know as you know a lot of people they see you as the front man but they don't yeah. see the team behind you in our opinion teams never get the love they no, deserve they don't. whether it's clients whether it's pr people whether it's you know other things and on our show they get love so this is perfect segment i'm glad you talked about that so tell us a little bit about some of the team that helps you be who you are yeah, I mean, I, I, without sugarcoating at all, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly nothing without my team. I, uh, when I started, it was all me, uh, <laughs> had no team. And then the biggest challenge that I've ever had in this career is figuring out how to get people to not just want to come work with me, mm -hmm. but be comfortable to work with these other incredible talented women and men that I've yeah. trained yeah. and they've taught me stuff. And we've built like this, you know, this sort of collective, this, this think tank. Um, mm -hmm. And that took a lot. That was an egg that was really tough to crack. Uh, mm -hmm. Once I figured it out, I was able to duplicate that model and, and uh, 
but but now it's to a point where the team is everything. Uh, we have a wonderful building here, right in the heart of Hollywood. We've we've spared no expense building out this facility, um, but all of that is replaceable. The people are not. You know, that's just the honest truth, and it's a service business. People are coming here to work with the people that are doing, that are skilled professionals that are doing what they're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that honestly hold the relationships and the trust and the loyalty with the clients along with me. Um, But I don't take that lightly, man. I just, I, I, uh, that to me is everything. What would you say is a misconception that people have about what you do? Uh, About what I do in terms of sound engineering? Mm-hmm. Um, boy, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people outside of the, the business itself, mm-hmm. um, really just don't know what, what, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat hard to explain and they yeah. don't really understand what we do at all. They just think it's cool. It's gotta be cool. You know? <laughs> You're sitting in a cool studio with all these mm-hmm. lights at, in front of a board and, you know, great music's coming out of the speakers. And, yeah. and, um, but, uh, but it's very technical and it's very creative. Um, and it just, it's also very repetitious. Oh, you know, okay. sometimes mm-hmm. we listen to the same thing over and over. And my kids all growing up that have had to come in for hours after school and sit with me <laughs> while I'm waiting mm-hmm. to drive home or whatever. They're like, Dad, can you stop playing the same thing over and over? It's like, well, <laughs> that's literally what my job is. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because we were um last year, I think it was Fourth of July week. We were in Nashville, and we was at um which concert was it? Oh, it is a Chris Young Chris was Young. filming uh, his uh, new video there um, on Broadway, and, yeah. and we were in the audience there, mm-hmm. and they and they spent a whole hour of him singing one part of the one part, part like the, the chorus or something over yeah. and over. and, it was and sometimes just one and so, line or two and, and, and uh, so they had the audience participate and, and, and i remember a guy next to me we were talking and he kind of friends with the, everybody on stage and all he he's like um chris would say okay we just need a couple more times and, and the guy next to me mm-hmm. says nope about 10 12 more times he goes i know him it's not it's not a couple he's just making <laughs> yeah. that so but yeah but it was one and of the exhausting things because it was yeah. like over and over and over to get and that the crowd right. needed to react the same way on each part right. to show that energy. Dude. And that's asking a lot of the crowd because they get tired. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not <laughs> fun necessarily to watch the same thing over and over. But, yeah. you know, we're in the business of, of trying to make things perfect as much as we can. And, and um, so there is a lot of repetition involved. Um, maybe that's, you know, I think you, you mentioned it earlier. One of the biggest misconceptions is that it's just this always fun, glamorous lifestyle and job. And Mm -hmm. like all professions, there's, there's always upsides and downsides, you know? Yeah. You know, earlier talking about um, speaking of teams and family, because you brought that up, we have a third co-host, our 10 year old that we bring on to ask a couple of questions. So Sandy's going to go get him. I'll get him. And we've we've got an almost three-year-old that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show. Perfect. You know, because again, I can't imagine doing this without the without our whole family involved. I love that. And it's funny, we call him our secret weapon because even if they don't remember Sandy and I, they'll remember this part. Yeah. 
because <laughs> because they've never been interviewed with a couple questions by a 10 year old in most cases <laughs> so and you know and again because we're family you know most cases they've never been interviewed by a married couple so we got that on it too but we, you know we you know but so many times we would watch a live where an artist would be um talking um a few days after the show and he would talk about our show and they always talk about him so like okay he's our secret weapon that's the secret great. sauce as they say <laughs> excellent so uh sixth grade then hey there he is hi brian so what's your favorite food my favorite food mm. um i would say it's split between italian and mexican <laughs> mm, does that sound good yes what's yours mine is pizza pizza yeah nice and he'd eat it all day long <laughs> if we gave it to him now granted you know he's thin and he runs a lot and all that and so he right now he's fine but he'll see down the road that'll change yeah <laughs> okay so what's the very tv show and movie hmm um favorite tv show uh that's an interesting one. You know, it's it's uh, surprising that uh, I work in this business <laughs> because I work so much. I don't watch a lot of TV and a lot of movies. It's the honest to God truth. Um, I've got uh, I've got a, a variety of of ones that I've liked a lot, but mm. well, people think that because I'm in this business that I must you know watch a ton of it. <laughs> like I like to go home and like. And listen relax. to music and and almost sometimes have silence, you know, yeah. because yeah. because I'm in a studio with loud people talking or music at all times. Because what's yours? My my favorite TV show is SpongeBob, and my favorite movie is Minions. Minions, that's a, hey, there's a new one coming out. Yep. Yes. Hope you're excited. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's been cool is because he watches a lot of the Disney and Nickelodeon shows. We've been able to bring quite a bit of people from his shows onto our show too. Perfect. So he loves that part of it, don't you? Yes. Has it been cool? Yes. All right. All right bye, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> he he got a couple shots yesterday, and he's like not still not feeling well from that. Uh, his, his up his his updated shots for yeah. um, yeah. being a ten year old. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I get it, man. I, <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's it's you either get lucky and don't have a reaction, or you do. Yeah, it's tough. Yes. Exactly. So what do you think has led you to build this business in the manner that you build it? Because again, you know, it, most people who start what you do producing and remixing and all that, they never make it beyond the beginning stages. How have you stayed the course? Um, you know, for me, it was always about growth and evolution, um, you know, both as a person and also as a career, you know, mm -hmm. I, I never wanted, I was just never that person that was going to be comfortable plateauing or sitting still. And that's, you know, that, that's a bit of a disease, you know, it's not, um, <laughs> it, it's hard to find peace in that. Uh, I, have, <laughs> I have, but, uh, it, it took, it, it took me many, many years, uh, to be able to be comfortable in, with, with the stillness, you know, and, and mm -hmm. being able to sit still. Um, but again, that was fuel for, for me to build something and keep building it, keep expanding. And, you know, mm -hmm. still now I'm, I'm figuring out how to grow it and do other things and start other projects. And 
So, um, you know, I've got a lot of drive. I hold my family very, very much um, uh, responsible for not only supporting me, um, but also Mm -hmm. teaching me that drive and that work ethic. And, um, you know, a lot of the business side of things, I came from a very business oriented family. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of that, I do, I do feel like I was given great tools at a young age, whether I, uh, you know, if you would have asked me at that age, you know, I wouldn't have told you those were <laughs> you know, valuable tools and they didn't know what the hell they were talking about. But, uh, but I, I get exactly what you're saying, because I, I feel this too, you know, like, like there are many times where we'll book somebody for the show and it'll be maybe one of our biggest guests and mm-hmm. I'm already, okay, who's next? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, like oh, you yeah, said, it's like a curse. It's right. like, yeah, I yeah. can't dwell in, oh man, we've got so-and-so coming on in a week or two weeks, whatever. Not, it's all, already like, okay, how can we use this person coming on to get now that next bigger one? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's that delicate balance between uh, staying driven and keeping your, your eye open to growth but also being able to be present, you know, in the moment and enjoy what, what is right now, you know, that's definitely an ongoing practice for all of us. And I think what's helped me too, is that we do all this together as a family. And, you know, again, if, if she had a regular job outside of this and all that, and I had a job and I was doing, it would be a lot harder, but because we do this together, Mm -hmm. we've been able to build this kind of bubble, so to speak, that although we're all in with our show, we still get to spend so much time together because of our show. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a beautiful thing. You're very fortunate. So tell us a little bit more about uh, Hollywood Compassion Coalition. Yeah, I started a nonprofit um, uh, a few years ago, so it's still a very uh, uh, sort of new entity. Um uh, started it w- when I actually was fortunate enough to uh, spend a week in Dharmasala in India at His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama um, in the presence of, of of His Holiness and in that you know sort of journey out there and spending that time with uh, with the people that we were around it was an amazing group of human beings. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I knew that again, thinking about growth and what, you know, is this, is this it is, is not that, that <laughs> levels audio is a, yeah. a bad thing, but wh- you know, what else is going to feed my soul, you know, mm-hmm. like on that yeah. level. Yeah. And there's gotta be something more in addition to this wonderful yeah. thing that right. I have going on. And so I decided to, uh, create this nonprofit that's really bringing together social scientists and neuroscientists and also contemplative masters and sort of bridging that with the entertainment industry. So, you know, right now, over the last 10 plus years, technology has advanced uh, the television and film reach, you know, right now. Yes. When when I finish the show, it's 191 countries at the same time at the click of a button in their own respective languages. I mean, if you would have told any of us 15 years ago that that was a possibility, you would have been laughed out of the room. So, you know, the the goal is, okay, if technology is 
changing that rapidly, uh, our consciousness needs to also start evolving at the same mm. pace. Yes. Or where do we end up? You know, so what Hollywood Compassion Coalition is really focusing on is building a collective of filmmakers and scientists that are looking at, you know, what is this stuff doing? You know, like what is yeah. the content? Yeah. It's art. We don't want to. We don't want to step on anyone's freedom to to be sure. expressive, but there's a responsibility that we have. Um, you know, I always use the analogy of or the metaphor of we're putting food on the plate and people are going to eat it because mm -hmm. we're the ones contributing it. Yeah. Uh, right. Time yeah. we look at the ingredients a little bit and at least know what it's doing to the people after they eat it. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. data uh, being done, you know, and binge watching is a new thing. What is that doing to especially adolescent minds? You know, like I I'm not here to judge it. I'm here to just yeah. find out, yeah. um, ask the questions and get the data so that we are in a better position to understand what the content we're putting out there is actually doing to people, positive and negative. So and really yeah. focusing on compassion related on the positive side, you know, can intentionality and, and positive messaging baked in, even if it's baked into a very dark storyline, yeah. mm -hmm. does that have a lasting impact? And if so, how long, and what are, what are the, some of those tools and can we replicate that? Yeah. Um, so, so, that, you know, I'm just giving a very broad summary yeah. of what it is we're doing. So as you started doing some research on all of this, um, what's surprised you the most within that order? I mean, cause again, you know, you probably going through all this research, you probably learned some things. You're like, Ooh, I don't didn't know that. Or wow. That didn't, you know, what's kind of surprised you the most? Yeah. I mean, the thing that surprises me the most, honestly, is that, Right now, with streaming media certainly being the dominating way of watching a television mm -hmm. program or a film, as opposed to cable programming or, you know, uh, local affiliates. Right. Um, so these are data companies, you know, uh, the Netflixes and the Prime Videos and the Hulus. These are data companies that have all these analytics that we could be using for the betterment of understanding yeah. what people are wanting and how it's affecting them. Yeah. But instead, all of those analytics are really only used for internal marketing perspectives. That's it. Oh, wow. It's, oh, it's how do we keep people and I'm not knocking it. I'm just basically, yeah. Yeah. What it is. how do we keep, keep people watching longer, binging longer, you know, Let's shorten those credits and let's go into the next pro, you know, episode three right away. So that, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's what those metrics are being used for. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's a far more valuable purpose yeah. that, that won't necessarily take away from the monetary success of all mm -hmm. of it, but it will help the betterment of, of all of the viewers. You know, talking about the streaming and all that, like I, I was watching a video and it, and I've seen this a couple of times about this, about YouTube shorts, because I'm trying to learn how to do all that. And I was watching this one guy who's um, one of the, I guess, gurus of that world. And he was talking about how when you're doing a short that says, you know, 45 to 60 seconds, he says, be because everything is so quick paced now that you have to make each transition 
three to five seconds or you'll lose the person almost like that. Right. Right. Yeah. The attention span is certainly uh, less and less and less. Um, but at the same time, when you look at feature films, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of the length of these feature films are getting longer and longer. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There's a weird juxtaposition somewhere yeah. in there uh, where a lot of people want short little snippets. But, you know, Quibi, which was, you know, uh, an entire streaming platform based around very short bits of content yeah. wasn't, didn't last it did the, uh -huh. the, the model collapsed so uh wow. so it's, it's trying to you find never know. that's interesting yeah, yeah that's, that's like taylor swift you know she just broke the record of the longest song wasn't it oh yeah for going number for going one number one yeah you know, she, the 10 minute version of her song all too well and, and who would have thought that because again with so much doing saying it's quick 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 but yeah. yet on other fronts some things are proving that different exactly yeah i think that it's a, it's definitely a mixed bag i think for marketing purposes mm -hmm. short and quick is very effective um and for little viral videos it's extremely effective long pieces mm -hmm. of content don't go viral yeah um yeah. or i shouldn't say don't but they, it's not you know <laughs> normally uh, don't yeah. yeah it's it's less uh likely um but when it's a creative storyline it's hard to get an arc or or a song mm -hmm. that has mm -hmm. a lot of movement in it it's hard to get that across and move people in a very short period of time. So that's yep, true. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you like for your legacy to be in the entertainment industry? What would you like to be known and remembered for? I would love Hollywood Compassion Coalition to really become a social, you know, sort of a movement within the industry oh. where the industry is having far more conversations about what it is that what the impact is of, of what we're producing and putting yeah. out in town uh, and not in town. What I mean in Hollywood, Hollywood is more of a, yeah. a global, you know, filmmakers community. Um, so I, I think that if, if we could get there, I, I would, I would be far more uh, at ease um, overall that, that, that I did something good, you know, that I really, made a dent in in the world and and uh that's 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 pushing a boulder up a up a very steep hill it's not going to be an easy mm -hmm. task but we've we've got an incredible team of people uh that have that have signed on and have been giving a lot of time and great intellect and and insight into it and we're continuing to build that collective and uh, i'm very excited about it you know, you're talking about a boulder. I love the analogy I've, I've heard for years I've, and you see it on memes sometimes is, you know, when you're building a business, building a brand, um, building an artist career, whatever, it, you know, at the beginning, it's like you're pushing this boulder up, like, yeah. up, up a steep hill and it's big. So you can't see the hill. You can't see the top. Um, so all you can do is just keep pushing and keep pushing and put, keep pushing. But if you kind of stop, up, pause to look back a little bit, the boulder will start rolling back. So you kind of can't do that either. So all you can do is hunker down and push. You know the top of the hill somewhere up there. You know it. <laughs> yeah. You just, don't know, you just don't know how far. And you just keep pushing and keep. And then one day that day comes where you go up top of the hill and you can jump on that boulder and roll down the hill until the next hill. But ain't that how it really is? It really is. It's all uh, 
hard work, perseverance, trust, faith, uh, and <laughs> and knowing that that uh, even if you're on the upswing, there's going to be a downswing. You know, it's yep. like nothing nothing stays the same. Everything's constantly changing. So uh, it's all about the ups and downs of life. Uh, it's true with business and also relationships and everything, right? Yep. Yeah. I love that. So as we come to a close here, what's an advice you would give somebody who wants to do what you do? I think for, for people that really want to get into sound um, and music for television and film, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's a much more uh, diluted moment in the industry in terms of there's far more people that have uh, the tools, mm-hmm. some of the tools, you know, now everyone's got a laptop, everyone's got a keyboard, everyone's, you know, like, <laughs> so, so the biggest thing that I could really that, that, that helped me and that I could re- ever pass on is find your niche. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what is it that you can do that other people aren't doing, or you can do better than what everyone else is doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and really hone in on that and build from that. Uh, that, that has been the absolute thing that has, uh, that has helped me uh, gain any success at all. And it's still to this day, the one thing that, you know, my company has that we have a very yeah. focused niche. So tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, you can find me on uh, my company at uh, levelsaudio.com. That's L-E-V-E-L-S-A-U-D-I-O.com. And uh, our nonprofit is hollywoodcompassioncoalition.org. Uh, both of those, I'm not, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not a huge social media guy. I've got a <laughs> Not a lot of it, just because I don't have the time, um, no. and I also am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty private person yeah. when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, family and stuff. So, exactly. uh, but those mm-hmm. are the two best ways. Love that. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. Yes, we did. We look forward to having you back down the road for updates. Sandy and Chris, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Oh, you too. You too. Thanks so much for All your right. time.